Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome to another edition of Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny. Feeling fit, fine, and chipper on uh, this gray Saturday morning. But uh, listen, it's November. It's Thanksgiving weekend. Would you expect it to be sunny and beautiful out? It might be in some places. I was talking to somebody down uh, south of Olympia yesterday, and they were basking in the sunshine down there. So uh, maybe it's just... uh, it's just up here in the convergence zone at the Esperance Media Studios uh, in Edmonds, where uh, this grayness is uh, thrust upon us. But if you are uh, driving around out there this morning, listening to our show, first of all, we thank you for that. Second of all, hope you had a great Thanksgiving and uh, a peaceful one and that there was uh, a ton for you to be thankful for. I mean, that's that's the thing that I love about Thanksgiving. I mean, listen, I love Christmas. I love the holidays. I like putting up the lights, the trees, the this, the that. But um, Thanksgiving to me is that day where you get a chance to really take a little bit of stock of what you have and what there is to be thankful for. Because even as crazy as the world is today, in my opinion, my humble opinion, or as the kids say, I-M-H-O, there's so much to be thankful for. There's, uh, there are, you know, things that, you know, say, I don't know, I've been, you know, uh, uh, probably the thing I should do is I've been look, you know, I always look at, uh, you know, Facebook or something like that. And I'll see uh, people complaining because, oh, what am I going to do for Christmas? The ships are stuck out there and, uh, in the supply chain out in the ocean and oh my god what's going to happen it's going to be a horrible christmas uh because of this or because of that or because uh uh, president biden screwed up or this guy screwed up or that woman screwed up it's all you know it's gonna be if that's the way you're thinking you don't deserve a good christmas because you're not thinking about what it is it's not about getting the best toy or a new this or a new that. Uh, we've been duped into thinking that that's it. I would love to see a Christmas where everybody limited their gifts to like 25 bucks and you had to make the gift. Or you had to buy it at a local business, a small business. So that, and that would put the economy, I think, um, at least locally, on, a, on for local business people, on its feet a little bit more. Um, if you want, and, and, and you made, uh, I don't know, a, a ceramic cup or something, I don't know what it is. But plus, you would hand somebody a gift that meant so much more because you made it with them in mind. Yeah, I know the high dollar gifts is what, are what runs the economy and, and, and so on and so forth. But I just think that, that we lose sometimes the focus of what the holiday is about. And, and in Thanksgiving, you really never lose the focus. It's about family. It's about being with your family. Uh, it's about giving. It's about, you know, hand, helping people that don't have as much as you and being thankful what uh, you have done, accomplished, or what you have in this world. And, and you know, we didn't have a big thing. You know, usually we go, I go back to New York. My daughter goes back to New York, my sister. Uh, her husband, we, we all go back and we gather at the, at the, the Ricci family compound in Staten Island. And, um, you know, we get together and we have a, a big dinner and everybody just kind of uh, gets together and tells the stories of what's happening uh, during the year. Uh, 
couple of people get into a fight out in the backyard. There's usually a turkey uh, uh, out there in the in the, the the oil, you know, getting getting oiled up and cooked, uh, courtesy of my brother Dominic. And it's a big family thing. But the last couple of years, we haven't done that. So this uh, Thanksgiving, my daughter and I uh, went out to the Snoqualmie Casino. And we had dinner at the buffet. And you're probably thinking to yourself, oh, man, how low could it be? But I, I got to tell you something. <laughs> it was actually really cool. Uh, they did a great job, uh, the, the, the personnel there at the, the casino, of uh, moving the line uh, along quickly for the buffet. It started at 4 o'clock. The food was better than average buffet food. They had prime rib as well, if you didn't want turkey, a couple of kinds of stuffing, you know, I mean, it was just all, all, everything you want was there. And as my daughter and I sat there and we're having Thanksgiving, it occurred to me, uh, number one, that I'm with my kid and that's my family and, and um, I've spent Thanksgivings alone and I stayed up here so I could be with her. I didn't want her to be alone on Thanksgiving. Well, she wouldn't have been. She's got friends and everything. But, uh, you know, at this point, I guess when you don't know how many Thanksgivings you really have left, you want to make every one of them count. And being with her was the most important thing to me, not letting her uh, be by herself on Thanksgiving. But it also occurred to me when we were sitting there, uh, that it was like having, because you know, the, you know, the, the, the casino, the, the buffet there, I mean, it's, it's a lot of interesting, different kinds of people. And it was great that we were, <laughs> it occurred to me at one point, we we're sitting there eating turkey and we're looking at each other, and we're looking around the room because we both love to people watch that this was kind of, like the family Thanksgiving, a lot of very different people hanging around the tables, except we weren't related to anybody. We could just look and point out that person, look at that person, check out the woman who uh, showed up all in sequins with a sequined mask and her husband or boyfriend or who knows who had the uh, red, white, and blue outfit on. And said, yeah, that's uh, well, yeah, that's Uncle Tony and Aunt Millie right there. <laughs> and so on and so forth. And there was just this feeling of you were with family without really being with family. And you could say what you want. You, want, you could choose to interact with people or not interact with people. I thought it was cool as we were sitting there. At one point, I, I said to my daughter, I never knew we had so many Asian people in our family. And she started laughing because, you know, there were a lot of uh, Asian people in, in the uh, room because they have a very good um, Asian section at the buffet. So people go there and they eat and, and gamble. And it was just, um, it was really cool. It was like I say, it was a slice of life. Um, so we had, a, we had a very happy Thanksgiving. Hope yours was as happy as uh as uh mine was and it um and it all the blessings of the season now are foisted upon you uh, we are going to have a black friday sale here on drive time uh we will reduce by one half the amount you pay for the show or as uh, uh, billy preston the late great billy preston once said not from nothing leaves nothing which is exactly what you pay for the show. So that's our uh, Black Friday. So you can count us in uh, the Drive Time Black Friday special right there, even though it's uh, Gray Saturday. Um, I don't know if you went out into the uh, madness yesterday or not. I did, and I stayed away from it, and with uh, with good reason. I just, um, no more. I'm, I'm done with that, man. Online is... Uh, the way for me to go for things that I want to buy. All right. Um, we got some automotive stuff because after all, this is an automotive show and we would be remiss if we did not do uh, some automotive stuff. In the next segment, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about something that bothers me 
and uh, which is the price of gas. But not just the price of gasoline and the way it's going and uh, the, the incredible numbers you see. I mean, I grew up in a gas station business. I remember clicking the, the pumps. My dad used to let me change the prices on the pumps when I was a kid. So you go out, you unlock the face of the pump and you would have to, there was like a manual meter in there that the gas flowed through and out the hose and into the car. And that's how you measured how much gas you were getting and calculated how the money was. You had to open the pump, uh, open the face of the pump, get in there and change the numbers uh, from, usually it was from 29.9 uh, to 30. Nine, you know, or 39 to 31.9 cents a gallon. Never quite understood what the 0.9 cents deal was. I always thought that, why don't you just say it's 32 cents and call it even? But that's the way they do it. Uh, but I used to do that. And, and so, I mean, I remember when gas went up to 50 cents a gallon in the early 70s, 50, 52 cents. And people were just, oh, my God, they were just going crazy. Well, I'm driving by a station the other day, and it's $4.99 a gallon. I mean, that was my allowance when I was, like, 14 years old. That was my week allowance. And I had a car when I was 15, so I would have only been able to go one mile. Or I don't know, no, not, not one mile, but uh, let's say I had, I had a 64 Chevelle. I think used to suck ass down like I was going out of style. I could have drove maybe down to the corner and back once, you know, <laughs> I mean, and now it's $4.99 a gallon. We'll talk about that in the next segment. Uh, let's check in with our wonderful producer who uh, makes this show zip along like crazy. Uh, Nathan, good morning, Nathan. How are you? Good morning, Vinny, and I survived a turkey coma, okay? Good, good, good. You just, uh, now, did you, um, do you have to take any kind of AIDS to uh, uh, survive it? Do you have to take any kind of medicine? Are you a coffee? Do you have to drink like three cups of coffee uh, for the caffeine, or do you just naturally come out of it? I like to settle it down with a little pumpkin pie afterwards. Oh, I, I got to tell you, the pumpkin pie at the casino was excellent. Some of the best pumpkin pie I ever had. Oh, really? Yeah, great crust. Uh, it really did a good uh, a good job at the Snow Quality Casino. I was really, uh, really impressed. And, and, you know, we just picked that because it's the closest to um, uh, to Seattle. And I don't know that the Tulalip has a buffet going yet, to be honest with you, because that's actually closer to me. Uh Anyway, uh, the so uh, and coffee with that uh, that pie, Nathan. Yeah, a little bit to wash it down. Decaf okay. later in Rub. the day. Oh, decaf. Oh. Well, they serve decaf, but I actually had regular since I had to be at work in the evening. Yeah, I was gonna say I, it wouldn't seem to me. I mean, I've worked on Thanksgiving evening. I know that feeling, and you can walk in that studio at seven o'clock at night. It's dark. And uh, not really feel like doing much of anything. Oh, especially when you get that all that turkey in there. I don't know what it is about the turkey. I think it has like an enzyme or something in it. But after you eat so much of it, it just makes you so sleepy. Yeah, well, I think it has that. Uh, is it L-tryptophan or something like that? I mean, that's what I've always thought. The sleepy I mean, stuff. That's all I know. Yeah, it just makes your eyes kind of fall. And next thing you know, although I really think it's in the mashed potatoes myself, but. You know, you try to uh, you try to go with uh, with what you got. Um, good. Well, I'm glad that you uh, you had a good Thanksgiving and your family and everybody had a good Thanksgiving. And uh, what was the biggest thing you're thankful for this year, Nathan? I think just for uh, health and safety. You know, in this time of the pandemic, and yeah, just being thankful for the friends that are still around and family, and yes. enjoying another day with them together. Yeah, and of course now we have a new a new strain that we have to worry about. So, good lordy, are we going to uh, you know jump into uh, all of that over and over again? Which is uh, you know when when are we when are we going to get a break here for a couple of years? Uh, uh, Nathan, do you have a magic question you want to ask me? Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Oh, 
I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> Too busy chomping down on this Thanksgiving feast. Did you save um did you save any of the turkey? Did you get a chance to keep some of the turkey? Thankfully no. Because you know how long it takes to go through those leftovers, and you get tired of eating turkey after a while. Oh, yeah, but you know what? There's that day after um, you get white bread, like Wonder Bread, and you put the turkey on the white bread, a little bit of cranberry sauce, a little bit of stuffing, and a little bit of mayonnaise. You slap it on there, and you eat that, and Good Lord Almighty, man. It's I don't know that there's anything in the world that tastes as good as that. Well, I think that when you're hungry, anything tastes good that you can get your hands on. But I anyway, always go for the I, leftover stuffing. Yeah, yeah, the leftover stuffing. Cold is, uh, I mean, I go through it like it's, it never lasts more than two days in my refrigerator. Um, all right, we are, uh, this week, what are we driving? Oh, <laughs> look at that. We are driving the 2022 Subaru Outback Wilderness Edition. For years, I have searched for a car that would make me look good, make me look cool, that looked cool in front of Trader Joe's. You know, like there are certain cars that look good. Like if you're driving, um, you, you know, the, the Cobra, the Mustang Cobra, and you uh, pull up to Dick's drive-in and you park it there, it looks cool and people gather up around it. If you're driving... Uh, a big luxury uh, car like a big Lincoln or um, uh, an Escalade or something like that. You pull up to the golf club uh, or the country club and you park it outside. People kind of look at it. If you get a Corvette, you park a Corvette almost anywhere. People stop and they look at it. Well, I finally found a car that looks good parked in front of Trader Joe's, the Subaru uh, Outback wilderness package uh this is a car that subaru has said take this car off road do what you want with it you want to get away you want to camp on top of your car uh you want to put a box on top of your car with bicycles or whatever you want to put up there this is the car to do it in it is um you know from the outside as you look at it it looks tough. The one I'm driving is black. It's like a black um, metal flake color and with black wheels. And it just looks badass. And I don't know that Subaru and badass are much used in the same sentence, but this car looks like it is ready for Freddy. It'll do anything uh, that you want it to do. Uh, inside, you know, it, again, it's, it's a more a wagon than an SUV. It's higher up from the ground, uh, than the, a, a normal outback station wagon. Uh, but it really, um, it really is sharp looking, you know, has the, the cladding on, uh, uh, the, uh, the wheels, uh, you know, to protect the finish. Uh, has a special front bumper, special rear bumper, special identifying badges, uh, little gold accents or orange, I guess, more orange colored accents on the front bumper and the rear bumper. And as I said, it looks like it's ready to go. Um, also in the wilderness, um, you get the uh, the raised suspension, as I said. I think it, it raises it about an inch and a half. And I believe you get the uh, strongest skid plates under there. Uh, 17 inch wheels with all terrain tires. Uh, you can you have a bunch of option packages uh, that you can go through. Uh, this one starts at uh, about $37,000. We'll have all the MSRP stuff for you when we review the car. Uh, sliding inside the car, uh, it's, the interior is is better than you would expect from a Subaru. It fascinates me, the large screen that they have in the middle that has all of the controls on it, except they were smart enough to leave a volume knob and a radio tuning knob. Um, I can't tell you how happy that makes me uh, to be able to, uh, you know, as an old guy like me, be able to use those knobs, but also uh, be able to get in there and, you know, play with the uh, screen and control the driving um, dynamics of the car there. Uh, X-Drive is phenomenal. 
Uh, their collision avoidance equipment is phenomenal. And uh, already in two days in this car, uh, and, I, and as, I, as you know, if you listened last week, I get into this car, get into this car, getting out of the Bronco. And two different vehicles in some ways, uh, but two vehicles that are built for the same thing to give you more confidence in going further off-road. Uh, we all, for whatever reason, probably I think COVID factors into this, want to get off-road. The people that have been going off-road for a long time know how to do it. There are an additional large amount of people right now, I believe, that are not, they're not going to run down to their auto parts store and put in different shocks and this and that, uh, skid plates and all, you know, oil coolers and transmission coolers and all the different kind of things uh, that people use for off-road. They want something that's going to take them up to the top of a mountain, uh, down through a gully, uh, and give them an experience that they haven't had before straight off the showroom floor. And that's what the, uh, the wilderness does. It enables you uh, to have a, to have an experience off-road without having to go and outfit the car yourself. And, uh, and there's something to be said for that. I think there really is something to be said for that because, uh, again, I think in this, uh, as we talked about before, in COVID times, uh, people want to get away from other people. They want to get away to a cabin. They want to get away to a fishing spot. They want to get away, especially up here in the Northwest, into the mountains and go up that, that forest road, that, that forest service road that they never would have before. They would pass it by a thousand times saying, I wonder where that road goes. But now they want to not only know where that road goes, but they want to go and see if they can find some peace and solace and fun hanging out up that road. And the Subaru um, Outback Wilderness looks like it'll do that. Now, we haven't taken it out and tested it in that environment yet, but uh, its roadability, its drivability, and its cool factor are excellent. It's, uh, as I said earlier in this uh, in this. Um, Yo, Vinny, what you driving this week segment? It is a badass Subaru. And it is one that I think will uh, will get you noticed when you park it in the Trader Joe's parking lot. You'll walk out, as I did last night, and see people looking at it and going, what is that? Very cool. That's a very nice car. What school did you go to? Harvard? Oh, <laughs> I went to Yale. All right, we'll uh, take a quick break here. Come back. I'll try to uh, give you some information on why gas prices are so high. Stop blaming Joe Biden, okay? Stop it. Stop it. We'll tell you why when we come back. It's time to winterize. And at Sinclair, that means check. Lubricate, check. Transmission and differential, check. Hoses for leaks, check. Fan belt, check. Drain radiator. And put in Sinclair antifreeze. Change to Sinclair Triple X. The multi-grade motor oil. With nickel added to armor plate your engine against winter wear. Finally, fill up with Sinclair Dino for fast winter starts. Worry about winter? What for? You've got Sinclair winterizing. It's time now. Winterize. At the sign of Sinclair. At Sinclair, we care about you, about your car. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. All right, back with you on Drive Time Radio. Ah, little rapid boy, that stock car boy. Gotta check out how our friend Vaughn is doing. Uh, Vaughn Glace, who... Uh, is uh, all the rage in SCCA uh, among the young drivers. We had him on the show earlier this year. And uh, 
he, uh, I just uh, saw a, a post from his father on Facebook a little while ago. So we we'll want to, we'll check in with him and see how his uh, race car driving career is going in the upcoming weeks. We are also very busy um, coming up with our finalists for the five cars you didn't want to give back in 2021. And it's funny, I've driven a couple of them in the last few weeks. It is uh, really kind of uh, uh, interesting to, uh, you know, to, to, to kind of look back and see what you drove this year and see what you liked and what you didn't like and what, uh, you know, what really stood out. So what we do uh, with this, this is our annual award. You know, some people give out car of the year. Some people give out SUV of the year. Uh, I give out the top five cars that I just did not want to give back when my week in that car uh, for the media loan was up. And uh, they've been pretty consistent with uh, the car of the year awards or something like that. Uh, I try to do them before those awards are uh, put out there. But I, I think we hit the nail on it. And sometimes we don't. Sometimes they are because it's all a matter of personal taste because the board of uh, the award is me. And uh, I think last year I asked Nathan for some input, didn't I? About the top five cars? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew no one of them that was really especially hard to give up. In fact, uh, you had to get dragged kicking and screaming from it. Is that what we were yeah. talking about? Yeah, yeah. Top five cars that you had to be dragged. I had to be dragged away from. So we'll, uh, we're, but we're in the process of doing that. And um, that's always a lot of fun because you get to look back and think about, okay, where did I go in this car? Where did I go in that car? Uh, what did I do in this car? And, and so on and so forth. And so it's always a lot of fun to, uh, you know, to get back and uh, look at that stuff. We'll have that for you sometime in uh, December, our top five, because actually you have to wait till 2022 is over because you never know. They might spring a Z06 Corvette on me in the next couple of weeks. And, you know, if I get that one, I'm not giving it back that easy. You know, those are the ones you call up and say, can I get an extra day or two with this car? You haven't, uh, is anybody else taking this car after me? Can I take a ride? <laughs> can I keep it an extra day? All right. Uh, gas prices. Um, in, in going over Facebook, and again, I should never read Facebook, right? Uh, but yet I do because I have a lot of friends. How I keep in touch with a lot of friends of mine uh, from back in the old days, any old school and everything like that. And, and people have differing political views, obviously, in this country. And I try not to, on this show, get involved in politics. Now, if you listen to the Mikey and Vinny show during the week at 10 o'clock, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings, there's a different tack to that. But, but I try to, uh, on this show, stay out of politics. But I keep seeing, you know, it's a popular thing now, this whole branding stuff. And listen. Uh, you want to make fun of Joe Biden, you guys make fun of Joe Biden. I certainly made enough fun of uh, Trump when he was in office. So th that doesn't bother me. But what does bother me is get your facts straight. Uh, don't just put, you know, uh, the popular thing now is let's go branding to put that up there, you know, and, and, and it's a, you know, the code word for, uh, for how much they dislike Biden. And a popular thing right now is, oh, look at the gas prices. Look at what Biden has done. Well, here's the thing. It, Biden has not much of anything to do with gas prices, as Trump didn't have anything to do with lower gas prices. It is supply and demand. It is a pandemic. It is the economy. It is so many different factors. I'll try to explain some of them to you. First of all, America is accounts for about 20% of the world's output of crude. There doesn't seem to be a lot 
that America can do about it because the other 80% is controlled uh, in much part by OPEC. Now, of course, as gasoline and diesel fuel prices go up, so goes the economy. But you have companies trying to make up for crude oil prices that crashed at the start of the pandemic. Remember, I mean, are people's memories just so gone that they can't remember when crude oil was actually minus, where they were trying to give it away because they had so many over, uh, overstocks? Well, what do you do when that happens? You stop production, right? You cap wells. Uh, we are still 40% um, below the uh, levels of July of 2008. The crude oil prices crashed, and now they've come back because there is less oil. They're not putting out the oil. The OPEC nations are not putting out the oil. Even the um, American companies aren't putting out the oil. So the higher prices of crude, of crude show up in heating oil and uh, different oils like that. About $1,000 more a year is what you're paying right now. Together, Russia and OPEC account for just over half of global production. Those two uh, organizations and nation alone could pump more out and lower the price. But they're making money on it. Money that they lost during the pandemic when we weren't going anywhere. So they have gone up a little bit. They've raised their production by uh, 400,000 barrels per day every month and less than America. And, uh, you know, but it's less than all of the countries that want the oil, China, India, Japan, have been looking for. Uh, they say, uh, the uh, head of... Um, Economics analysis for gas at Gas Buddy says that uh, OPEC and Russia have just increased their production at a slower, cautious pace. And as a matter of fact, on November 4th, OPEC and Russia met and they chose not to accelerate production. President Biden, the guy who likes to you know, people like to point fingers at, were, was pleading with these two entities to increase production so that it would lighten up the load on your pump, on your, uh, on your gas bill. So uh, Biden uh, now has turned to doing something that should only be done in emergencies. And that is reduce, uh, releasing some of our strategic reserve of oil to try to bring your prices down. It's probably not going to make that much of a difference. Also, America can't ramp up its production as quickly as OPEC can because um, they have spare production capacity. America... Um, it's in the hands of the oil companies. And again, with the oil companies making the money that they're making right now, it's highly unlikely that they would want to flood the market with more oil, open up more drill for more wells, and expand the commodity. Uh, there should be a rise in production in America three to six months from now. But again, you're not going to see anything uh, tomorrow. Another thing is, is this is all in America, a private sector. Biden doesn't call up, uh, and, you know, it's not like, uh, like uh, Chavez was down in Venezuela where he can just call up and say, increase the oil, find more oil and pump it out there. Biden has nothing to do with it. He can ask, he can plead. 
But it's, the decision is not made by Biden. The decision is made by the heads of the oil companies. Um, again, we, are, we, we put ourselves in this position but and, and because we are so dependent on gasoline. Now, over the next few years, I expect this to change. I think people will change as we buy more electric cars. Uh, I think a byproduct of that will be that the gas will actually go higher because they'll be selling less of it. They'll have reserves because people will be in electric cars. But if you want to blame somebody for the $5 prices we see at the pump, I just think it's it. Go look at the facts. Go go on, and, and you know, go look at sites, not Fox News, not right wing sites, or not left wing sites, but find centrist sites that are credible and report the news, and do the analysis. Um, I use a, a number of pointer. Uh, the Pointer Institute, which is a media, a, 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 an institute uh, that helps um, accuracy in media, looks to help out uh, media people be more accurate at what they do. And they have a long article here. That's what I've been uh, uh, perusing through here for you. And, uh, you know, it's funny because at the end of the article, it says that uh, President Biden has, could, you know, open up supply. He could release stored oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, as we said, uh, but reserve for emergencies, short-term supply disruptions. Oh, and I didn't even mention the shortage of drivers to move the gasoline and the finished product from the refineries to the gas stations. Now, there is oil out there. That's the one thing, you know, we, we were <clears throat> thinking that there would be shortages in oil and gasoline right now because you couldn't get it to the gas stations even if you had it. So far, at least up and down the West Coast, it doesn't seem to be the case. I haven't heard that it's the case of gas stations not having gasoline on the East Coast or in the middle of the country as well. But before you post something on Facebook, before you, I mean, as I said, if you want to make fun of President Biden for things, if you want to um, say that, well, this is happening and that's happening and he's not doing this, he's not doing that, knock yourself out. But get your facts right. The gasoline price is not because of President Biden, it's because of all of these different factors that we just told you about. Go to pointer.org, or you can go to uh, PolitiFact, uh, which originally published the article that I'm reading to you from. But don't just go to that. Uh, you know, go to the New York Times. Go to uh, the um, U.S. Chamber of Commerce, their um, uh, website. And why some of the commonly proposed solutions won't help. Global demand following the pandemic is the biggest reason that the prices are what they are, 61% higher than the price this time last year. Why? Because more people are back in their cars and back driving. So blame the people that that should be blamed. There's plenty of there's plenty of things to blame everybody about. So at least you know when you when you post on 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 Facebook or Twitter or whatever you post on, and you want to get people, you know, blame the right people. Call out the president of uh, Exxon Mobil or Chevron Texaco, or those people that control the supply, or Sinclair or Phillips, 
or all of those, or, or the American oil companies, because that's who controls the oil in this country. Call out Russia, call out OPEC. Those are the people that need to be called out. As I said, I'm sure there's other things that you can call out the president on if you want to. Uh, it's just the gasoline prices aren't one of them. All right, we'll um, take a quick break. Come back. We have our patented Saturday morning cartoon. We'll go country style. And this one maybe even work a little boat in there. It is Drive Time Radio on New York Video 1150 KKNW. Buckle up for safety. Buckle up. Buckle up for safety. Always buckle up. Pull your seatbelt snug. Give an extra tug. Buckle up for safety. Buckle up. Buckle up for safety. Buckle up. Buckle up for safety. Always buckle up. Show the world you care by the belt you wear. Buckle up for safety when you're driving. Buckle up. Buckle up for safety. Buckle up. The National Safety Council says seat belts can and do save lives every day. Buckle up for safety, everybody. Buckle up. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. On Drive Time Radio, New York, Vinny hanging out with you on a Saturday morning. Time for our Saturday morning cartoon. And the cartoon is presented every week because cars and music go together so well. Yes, they do. You get in that car, you turn on that radio, whether it uh, be just a local radio or satellite XM and uh, XM Sirius, and uh, you crank up the tunes while you're driving along. Can you imagine what long trips would be if you couldn't have music in your car? I mean, suppose nobody ever put these two together. How would a long trip, suppose you got in the car, you had to drive to San Francisco and you couldn't listen to music. How would that be? Oh, well, we can't have radios in cars. They distract people. Well, you know what would happen, right? You'd be bored. People wouldn't be driving around the country. You wouldn't have the Beach Boys. How would you have the, you would, the, the Beach Boys wouldn't exist. They'd have had two records about surfing, and that's it. See you later. Anyway, we scour the musical world every week to try to find music that uh, is about cars, about driving, uh, so many different uh, um, facets of uh, automotive society and the automotive lifestyle has uh, been put into music. And, of course, this week is no exception. Country music does a great job of writing about the driving experience. And one of the, uh, uh, the, the experiences I always remember is, you know, when you're a kid and, uh, and daddy or mom let you, let you drive for the first time, let you, you know, you're young and you're on the farm and uh, dad's got a pickup truck. And he lets you get behind a wheel and drive it around the field. Well, uh, country star Alan Jackson has captured that feeling, starting out, uh, interestingly enough, with his daddy's boat and then moving on to the feeling of, uh, of driving that pickup truck. Here's Drive from Alan Jackson on a Saturday morning cartoon. There you go. Great song about uh, about that that feeling you get when uh, dad or mom or uncle or whoever is the one who kind of let you sit behind the wheel the first time and get that feeling of moving that 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 truck along. It's a great video or moving that car along. A uh, great video too if you get a chance to watch it on YouTube. Alan Jackson and Drive here on. 1150 KKNW, that's our Saturday morning cartoon. If you have a suggestion for our Saturday morning cartoon, you can always uh, reach us on our Facebook page, which is Drive Time Radio and TV. Uh, you can also email me at Vinny at drivetime-radio.com. Uh, our website is undergoing construction. We will have that up for you, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, with all our information, right, uh, 
right there and uh, right in front of you. By the way, before we get to our review of the week, our uh, draft time road test, which uh, I'm uh, ecstatic about this week. What about them Cougars? <laughs> uh, if you know me, you know that uh, I've been a Cougar fan, a Washington State Cougar fan since I got uh, to Washington back in 1993. And it was so gratifying to see the Cougars uh, just uh, tromping uh, the Huskies at Husky Stadium. It must have been hard, I know, for a lot of Husky fans to see the Cougars all over the field like that. Uh, and also to get their butts kicked like that. But listen, uh, I don't think it'll be all that long before the Huskies are uh, good again. Uh, you know, you had a quarterback out there uh, last night that was uh, still wet behind the ears and uh, threw a bunch of picks. And, you know, the, uh, the Huskies' um, defense, uh, which is supposed to be their best piece, uh, didn't um, – didn't do much with uh, the Cougar offense ran over. So things are going to change. Things will be different for Husky fans. Uh, listen, you won the last, what was it? Six in a row, eight in a row. Calm down. Don't get too upset. Smile when your Cougar friends rub it in because they will for uh, a couple of weeks here. Uh, your text messages will be many. The, uh, the, the sports talk shows will be uh Loaded up with people who are trying to come up with reasons why the Cougars didn't really even win that game. Uh, but maybe the Huskies let them win it because they felt sorry for their little Cougar brothers. Uh, but we all know the truth. At the the, uh, the uh, Washington State Cougars, a fine victory. And listen, this is a a, a football program that uh, that that went through the mill this year. I mean, you want to talk about a program that just had, could have collapsed and fell apart. You lose your head coach, you lose five assistant coaches. Now, they're on the precipice of winning the Pac-10 North if uh, the Beavers can uh, come out today and take care of the Ducks. So a lot of Beaver fans up here in um, Seattle and all across the state of Washington today, because if they take care of the Ducks, uh, the Cougars win the Pac-12 North and would play at the championship next week in Las Vegas. Boy, would that be a great ride? Drive down to Vegas, see that game, turn around and drive back again. All right, I think it's uh, time now for the, uh, the feature I love so much, the Drive Time Road Test. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, kids. Oh, kids. Nothing bad about the 2022 Ford Bronco Badlands Edition with the Sasquatch package. Uh, From time to time, automakers come up with a vehicle that will give Jeep a run for its money, the Jeep Wrangler, a run for its money as an off-road vehicle. Uh, International did it in, uh, well, actually International was there before the Bronco with the the Scout. Um, Ford came along in 66 with the original Bronco. It grew fat. It grew famous because of OJ, um, but the Bronco uh, continued on for many years as uh, the vehicle of choice for off-roaders, especially when the K5 Blazer went away. Chevy's um, edition of the Bronco Fighter. Chevy came out with that in 69 or 68, I believe. And uh, it was, you know, uh, again, that removable hard top, uh, short wheelbase, four wheel drive, off road for the few people who dared to venture off road and people that worked in power companies. (laughs) That's about who bought those cars. But with uh, America's new uh, want to get away and and figure we polluted our uh, asphalt enough, now it's time to pollute the woods with these vehicles. Uh, kidding, just kidding. Uh, we 
have seen a revival of these vehicles. Now, we saw the Blazer come back, but, you know, Chevrolet decided to make it more like a Camaro station wagon uh, than a reprise of the uh, immensely popular K5 Blazer from back in the 60s and the 70s. Uh, the folks at Ford went a different direction. They said, we're going to revive the Bronco shape because it's such an iconic shape. We're going to, and we're talking about the old, the first generation Bronco, but we're going to modernize it. We're going to make it so that it looks cool, comes in two door, four door, and we're going to send it not as an alternative to the Jeep, but as a head on competitor to the Jeep Wrangler. And I'm here to tell you that they did a great job. Everybody, first of all, you know, the Jeeps have become so common that you don't think about them as much anymore. The Bronco gets people looking at it wherever you go. The two-door driver, the two-door Bronco that I had, that I drove, uh, was, um, uh, got looks everywhere. Take it off the road, uh, the uh, twin turbo V6, uh, gives you plenty of power to get where you want to go. The ground clearance is great with the Sasquatch package. Uh, you get more clearance, more skid plates. There was just a feeling in this truck that you could go anywhere you wanted to go in it, which is great for that one day or two days a week that you take this vehicle off-road. But the interior was good. Uh, everything worked fine in it, the transfer cases and everything, the GOAT mode. But the surprise to me of the Bronco was how well it handled on the road. You know, the Jeep can be a bit squirrely on the road at times. The Bronco, maybe because of its independent front suspension, maybe because uh, of the way it was engineered, it rides the asphalt as good as it does off-road. It makes comfortable it makes uh the trip worth it Fifty-six thousand bucks as tested it's definitely a car that you should be looking at if you're in the market for that short wheelbase off-roader that's it that's all have a good week we'll see you next week take care